in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come To Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy for me to be here with you. As the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 o'clock. Although yesterday, sorry, couldn't be here. Um, the guys were doing some some work here in the studio that um, took longer than they, they expected, so I wasn't able to be on the air with you yesterday. But uh, just kind of always, we're always, always doing something to continue to grow. And uh, I can't get into what we were doing yesterday, but... Uh, I'm excited about a lot of these little things the Lord keeps placing on my heart and says, you know, there's so much more we have to do here. So anyway, that's why I wasn't here yesterday, because uh, the work that was being done here in the stu- main studio uh, prevented me from being on the air because it took a little longer than they thought it would. But anyway, we're all done with that, or at least in the process. And uh, hopefully as we get closer and closer to the uh, the end of the year, and boy, are we all ready for this year to end? <laughs> And into a new year, um, we'll see where the Lord leads us and has us. But I'm, I'm excited about it, my friends. It's it's uh, these are these are, are very interesting times, uh, very exciting times in some ways, you know. But uh, don't be afraid. Jesus is in charge. Jesus has everything under control. All we have to do is remain faithful and uh, see what happens. So now let's see. Uh, today is Thursday. Of course, it's Catechism Day. And I do want to go back to the catechism, um, as we always do on Thursdays. And we're going to go to the fourth commandment today. The fourth commandment, honor thy father and mother, but so much more. And this particular section on the fourth commandment about authorities in civil society, uh, duties of all civil authorities, and the duties of citizens. We're seeing a lot of civil unrest. We're seeing a lot of confusion out there. Um, some would say we don't even recognize our own country right now, the way things are going in some situations. But let's go again, as always, to the church. And uh, we'll go to the fourth commandment and where this is all covered in the authorities and civil society. Uh, also, uh, I do want to go back a little bit to the splendor of truth, St. Pope John Paul II, and uh, some teachings from that beautiful document, from 27 years ago, kind of all fits in because the splendor of truth was uh, very is still obviously a very powerful encyclical letter that really touched my heart. It was the uh, first papal full papal document I ever read from cover to cover, and it just kind of lit a fire under me that uh, the Lord was calling me into a uh, another place, another direction than I thought I was going to be going at that time in 1993 when I was um, in my Fortune 500 position and being groomed for management and upper management. And the Lord spoke to me through that encyclical letter. So I want to go through some of that, um, and we'll see where the Holy Spirit leads me on that document. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we do anything else, though, we are going to pray. And of course, my brothers and sisters, uh, if you are listening on one of our domestic church media radio stations, uh, welcome. If you are listening on any of our other audio platforms using our free mobile app uh, or our streaming audio from our website, 
or listening on the Google Home or Amazon Echo devices or watching because, you know, coming live, uh, our local programs that are live, uh, we do come to you in video format as well. So I am live right now on YouTube, our YouTube channel, DCMTV, youtube.com slash Domestic Church Media. And also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media and streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So I'm happy uh, you are here. I'm happy we can share this time together. So let's pray as we do every day. And now I see. What did they do? There it is. <laughs> when people come into the studio, <laughs> I know exactly where everything is. And if they have to move something, then it confuses me. Just put it back where you found it. That's all I say. I don't even move it, but put it back where you found it so I can it's where I need it to be. Anyway, we're going to pray this prayer. And boy, we're still getting so many requests for the prayer for the United States. Um, very exciting. A lot of prayers going up. And boy, oh boy, do we need these prayers. Uh, and does our country need these prayers? So we'll pray this first. And, um, and then our other uh, top of the hour prayers that we pray. So let's begin. My friends, for all of your intentions that you have in your heart, all of you listening, watching right now, whatever those special intentions are, um, if you would, please, um, as always, we're praying for our country and the situation in our country. Just pray for for peace and truth, um, justice, um, so important right now. And um, pray for the, the woman uh, who President Trump is going to nominate to the Supreme Court. There are two right at the top of the list, uh, that um, uh, Amy Coney Barrett um, and also the other uh, woman, I can't think of her last name, forgive me, but both of them are practicing Catholics. And especially where Mrs. Barrett is concerned, um, they're saying that you know they're going to go after her if she's the nominee, uh, go after her faith. As a Catholic, so we know where all this is coming from, you know. So we have to pray for uh, pray for our president. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother. In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy, born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm 
Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And our prayers that Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to pray uh, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we've also added the intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, as always, I thank you for praying and uh, encourage you always to uh, forward to us your prayer requests, whatever they may be. We're always praying for you on a regular basis, a daily basis, of course, here on the program when Bruce comes in on the first and third Mondays. But throughout our time here at the radio station, seven days a week, because I'm pretty much here seven days a week, uh, in our chapel across the hallway from our main studio here where we have the Blessed Sacrament reserved in the tabernacle. And I go in in prayer uh, quite often and pray for so many needs. And I pray for you. And I'm, I'm ho- happy to pray for your special intentions. Uh, those of you who write to us, uh, I'm always, uh, always put a little smile on my face when I open the envelopes. And, of course, your, your enormous generosity with your donations to the apostolate but then also taking the time to write a little note, uh, either asking for prayers or telling us how God is working in your life through this work. Uh, that's important to us because it kind of gives us that encouragement that we need sometimes. You know, to just keep going, keep forging ahead, and don't uh, don't be brought down by the uh, the craziness of the world, things of the world that seem to be driving us all all into all different mindsets. You know. I, th- I saw something very interesting, though, today. Um, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot about the presidential debates between President Trump and his opponent, um, Joe Biden. Uh, we know the first one is next Tuesday, which is September 29th, which is the feast of St. Michael and the Archangels next Tuesday. But did you know that the subsequent um, debates scheduled fall on October 15th, which is the Sa- Feast of St. Teresa of Avila. Also, October 22nd, which is the feast day of St. Pope John Paul II. And the debate between the presidential candidates, Vice President uh, Pence and um, Kamala Harris, will take place on October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. So a lot of the special feast days uh, that these debates uh, hopefully will be held. And uh, we just pray. Pray again that God's will be done, that the men and women of this country uh, vote a well-formed conscience uh, and 
we just pray that there is, you know, I, and I say it all the time, there, you can hear, all you have to do is watch the news or listen to the news on the radio, whatever. There is a lot of evil manifesting itself in so many ways these days. And, um, you know, our responsibility here at Domestic Church Media is not to support any, any political candidate or tell you who to vote for. Our, our job is to help you form that conscience <laughs> so that you make the right choices. That's what we're here for. You know, we're here to evangelize, to bring the truth of Jesus to as many people as possible. And so I'm hoping that your uh, our people will balance it out. You know, we're all interested in seeing what's going on politically, I would imagine, but to also balance that out by saying, but the most important thing is that ultimately we're citizens of heaven. And so our responsibility here is to do everything possible to ensure that we make it home uh, to Almighty God eventually. And uh, this journey that we're on here together is can be an exciting journey. And it's it's one of, of many, many um, joyous and joyful times, also many times of, of, uh, of discouragement, of difficulties, of sadness. But we know that when we reach eventually our ultimate destination of the Father's house, that all those downsides will be gone. No more tears, no more goodbyes, no more death. Just an eternity of, of, of life and love. And uh, it's certainly worth the battle down here to get there, right? But we have an obligation here. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about that um, here uh, with the catechism later on uh, regarding um, the fourth commandment where our church teaches us about the um, responsibilities that we have to authority and the responsibilities authority has to us. Uh, in our citizenship here in this country or whatever, uh, you know, our, specifically our, our country here as we're in the U.S., obviously, but other, other countries that are, um, you know, under the, uh, under the rule of uh, presidents or kings or queens or whoever. But there's a responsibility on all parts, and so we're going to talk about that as well. Um, so also remember, as I said, to pray for uh, the nominees that uh, President Trump is going to announce, the, the nominee, whoever that may be, uh, of the list that he provided, um, because the top two contenders, I suppose you want to call them that, the top two possible nominees are Catholic women. And from what I'm hearing and reading, that um, there will be some who will attack their faith, attack the, the Catholic faith, their Catholic faith. And, and uh, we have to pray for protection for them um, because this is this is a battle it's a battle isn't it between good and evil when you get when when you get to that uh, that type of situation where individuals faith is, is being attacked here in America where we have freedom of religion you know we're all free to practice the religion that we uh, are practicing without fear of uh, attack or, or or retribution in any way so um Okay, so let's go. I, I, I'm trying to look at my computer here, going to the, the, the splendor of truth, Pope John Paul II, which, as I said, um, back in 1993 when I first read this, it, it, it had such an enormous effect on me personally um, that it really, I think, put me into the direction of where we are today, where, where my life has taken me over the past 25 years in Catholic radio, Catholic media. Um so this is a section from the 
beautiful encyclical letter by John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II. Um, and this, this particular section, the Holy Father um, titled, You Will Know the Truth and the Truth Will Make You Free. Well, one thing we need today is truth, right? <laughs> this is written 27 years ago, but from, from the beginning, you know, we, we know, especially in, in, the, uh, in our relationship with Jesus, that he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John Paul wrote, the human issues most frequently debated and differently resolved in contemporary moral reflection are closely related, albeit in various ways, to a crucial issue, human freedom. The Holy Father said, Certainly people today have a particularly strong sense of freedom. As the Council's Declaration on Religious Freedom, and this is from the Second Vatican Council, uh, had already observed, the dignity of the human person is a concern of which people of our time are becoming increasingly more aware. Hence, the insistent demand that people be permitted to enjoy the use of their own responsible judgment and freedom and decide on their actions on grounds of duty and conscience without external pressure or concern, or, co I'm sorry, or, or coercion. In particular, the right to religious freedom and to respect for conscience on its journey towards the truth is increasingly perceived as the foundation of the cumulative rights of the person. So think about this now, and think about we, especially here in this country, that was founded on these principles— and that, you know, we see in, in so many ways these freedoms and these principles attacked and chipped away at sometimes, right? But the church says that in particular, this is from John Paul, Veritatis Splendor, in particular, the right to religious freedom and to respect for conscience on its journey toward the truth is increasingly perceived as the foundation of the cumulative, cumulative rights of the person. I love that phrase, the conscience on its journey toward the truth, is that what we go through in the course of our life in, in, in helping, in forming our consciences, always journeying towards the truth. You know, we have to go back to that we, today, you know, what, what is truth? You know, the, the, the society asked the question, what is your truth? What is my truth? What is his truth? What is her truth? What do you believe to be the truth? And, you know, you think about Jesus before Pilate, where he was looking truth in the eye, nose to nose with truth himself. And he had to ask that question, what is truth? And truth was standing before him. But as St. Pope John Paul II wrote, that the right to religious freedom and the respect for conscience on its journey towards the truth. I'm sorry, I, my, my screen just blipped out here on me. Um, is increasingly perceived as the foundation of the cumulative rights of the person. And then John Paul wrote, the heightened sense of the dignity of the human person and of his or her uniqueness, and of the respect due to the journey of conscience, 
certainly represents one of the positive achievements of modern culture. The perception, as authentic as it is, has been expressed in a number of more or less adequate ways, some of which, however, diverge from the truth about man as a creature and the image of God, and thus need to be corrected and purified in the light of faith. You know, I, I, I've said it before, I, I think of, again, our current culture, and the people are always talking about equal rights for women, and, and, and we know that men and women are equal in dignity, but we see so much of our culture, especially in media, that just uh, is, is offensive to the dignity of women and the way it presents women, objectifying them in so many ways in, in, in art and, and, and culture and media. You know, that we uh, sometimes we fail to see then in every single person, whoever he or she may be, is made in the image and likeness of God himself. And that perception, that understanding is so uh, twisted and tainted in those um, uh, media, specifically media, that, that, again, objectify women, use them. And, of course, we get into the whole uh, vile uh, industry of human trafficking. John Paul said, Certain currents of modern thought have gone so far as to exalt freedom to such an extent that it becomes an absolute which would then be the source of values. This is the direction taken by doctrines which have lost the sense of the transcendent or which are explicitly atheist. The individual conscience is accorded the status of supreme tribunal of moral judgment which hands down categorical and infallible decisions about good and evil. To the affirmation that one has a duty to follow one's conscience is unduly added the affirmation that one's moral judgment is true merely by the fact that it has its origin in the conscience. But in this way, the inescapable claims of truth disappear, yielding their place to a criterion of sincerity, authenticity, and being at peace with oneself, so that some have come to adopt a radically subjectivistic conception of moral judgment. And again, you know, when we talk about the formation of our consciences— and the obligation we have as uh, Christians and especially as Catholics to ensure that our consciences are well-formed, it has to be based on obvious truth. You know, uh, I've had many discussions uh, recently, over the past couple of years anyway, when people have formed opinions about whether it be Pope Francis Donald Trump, and I, I use those two as an example because I think those two public figures, our Holy Father and our President, because of um, unique personalities, want to call it that, um, and so many media sources that we have today. You know, it used to be our only media sources. We had, uh, what, maybe 10 channels on our TV and, and we had newspapers, and we had magazines, and we had the radio, uh, movies, music. That was about all the media we had. Now we have so many sources of media. You know, you, have a, you put on your television set at home, and you have a choice of, of nine, eight, 900 uh, channels to choose from or more. 
so many of which are considered news sources, and I say that with air quotes, depending on what our source of information is, our understanding of what is true will be very distorted or could be very distorted. There'll always be a spin to it. You know, the media will tell you what they want you to know. So if we use only the media as our source of seeking truth, we're going to be, depending on the media source, we're going to be, we could be way out in left field somewhere. And it helps us to form particular opinions. I mean, let's be, you know, again, we're not trying not to be political in any way, but let's be honest. If someone, if all someone watches for their source of information is uh, CNN, their opinions and their understanding of what truth is or what an individual is or who an individual is or what the situation is will be much different from someone who, if all they watch is Fox News. The presentation is 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 obviously in the direction of, of uh, the dissemination of information will always be spun in a particular way. I know Fox says they're fair and balanced, and I know CNN says this, but, you know, there still is, let's be honest, if you're looking to form political opinions, it depends on the source of information you have. The same thing with, with even Catholic media. If all you know, all you read is, is from a particular website that leans to one direction, as opposed to another website that leans to a, a, a different direction, and they're out there. We have left and right. We have liberal and conservative Catholics. We have middle of the road, mainstream. You know, they're they're, they're all out there. Our responsibility is to seek that truth in all its purity. And that will form, then, uh, form well, our consciences. It, it behooves every individual to do all that he or she can to ensure that what they uh, are uh, consuming, especially from the media, can be based on truth and is truth. This is why it's so important to have good, solid Catholic media sources. Like, I pray this one, and pray it will always be here for you as long as the Lord wants it. Because our judgments are based on what we know to be true. And this this is an obligation that we have, especially by virtue of our baptism, to understand. I, you know, we've, we've heard the term, and maybe it's overused now, the term, uh, someone who is a cafeteria Catholic who picks and chooses only what he or she wants, only what he or she believes in. I'll take some of that, none of that, yes, some of that, a little bit of that. No, you know this back. I don't want to, you know. And you hear this with people who say, "I, I, I'm, I, you know, I believe that abortion is wrong, except in cases of." No, not there is no except there. And what are our responsibilities toward our brothers and sisters? You know, based on what Jesus revealed to the church and our church has taught faithfully for 2,000 years. These are very, very, very important obligations that we have, both as, if we're talking politically, as citizens of this country 
and spiritually as members of this church. That what we are accepting as truth, we can be sure is truth and not someone else's truth. You see, the world over the, you know, when we were growing up, most of you are my age or a little older, perhaps, man, now maybe, maybe we're, <laughs> we're all in our 60s and 70s, majority of us anyway, who listened to the station, 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, when we were growing up, there seemed to be a much more solidified understanding of, of uh, our culture. There was a basic understanding of right from wrong, good and bad, you know, and people knew that. Today it's all become so muddled that, that it, people's truth becomes what they want it to be. You will have people, you will, and there will be people, and we, we pray for them, who firmly believe that uh, taking the uh, life of an unborn child is justified in whatever way they want to justify it, and that becomes their truth because that's what they believe to be true. Well, that's what their source of information told them is true. And they buy into it. You know, this is why we have 40,000 uh, Christian denominations. Those who denominated from the one true church founded by Jesus Christ, that is the Catholic Church, because they were... Um, Things about it, teachings, etc., in that church that, eh, I don't think so. I want to go uh, something different. And they started their own church to make it more um, palatable in the practice of their Christianity to them. I encourage you, my friends, I, I, the, the music is going to start in a second, but I encourage you, go to the Vatican website, www.vatican.va, go to the John Paul page, and read The Splendor of Truth. It's all there, and just take a little bit of the time. It's a lot to—don't try to sit down and read it from cover to cover. Just just take a little bit of the time and really pray over it. The Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, in this document, it was truly a compliment to the catechism that came out the same year, 1993, and read it, and let his words pierce your heart regarding exactly what is titled, The Splendor of Truth. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's catechism time, so don't go away. Listen to the wisdom of Father Benedict Rochelle weekday mornings at 9 a.m. right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. The good news is that as we struggle and God pours grace into us and we correspond and we rise and we fall, rise and fall, God in His infinite mercy loves us, keeps us going, gives us strength and courage and joy, joy. Be joyful. Go on, smile. It won't hurt you, even if you got a problem. Even if you got a problem, smile at your neighbor. I want you to remember a little sentence, and the sentence is this. You may be the only Jesus your neighbor will ever see. I want you to know your dignity. I want you to know how great you are before God. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Moorestown to Manilokan. Bedminster to Brick. Freehold to Fort Dix. Ringo's to Roosevelt. From Old Bridge to Oceanport. Red Bank to Rocky Hill. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, and uh, let's see this. What is today? September twenty fourth, twenty twenty. Tomorrow, Friday again. <laughs> Maybe we should name the Friday program instead of Friday Live. Just Friday again, because it comes back so quickly. All of a sudden, it's Friday again. Uh, so Cheryl and I'll have a, a lovely show lined up for you tomorrow. So I hope you do join us then. And um, before we go on to the catechism. Just got word here from EWTN that 
this Saturday at 5 p.m., EWTN News will have a special report on the Supreme Court nomination. I think I understood that the uh, president will be announcing the uh, who his nominee is uh, Saturday at 5 o'clock. So on these domestic church media stations, all of our radio stations and all of our uh, platforms here will carry it um, through EWTN, their special report on the Supreme Court nomination. So that's going to happen right here, 5 o'clock on Saturday. And then also... Uh, We got word from EWTN that starting next Tuesday, which is the 29th, it's the the, uh, Feast of the Archangels, uh, at uh, 9.30 at night on the 29th, uh, they're going to begin praying a novena to the Immaculate Conception for our country. So that'll be on the the station at 9.30 on the uh, 29th. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to record it and play it again the next morning at 9 a.m. for those who couldn't be there at 9.30 at night. So it'll be a, a day behind, but it's still a valid prayer and still a valid novena. I want to get that out to as many people as possible. We'll preempt our regular programming at 9 o'clock on um, the mornings of the 30th through October 8th. That's the length of the novena. So I do encourage you, my friends, and the, the neat thing is, the beautiful thing is, in the morning at 9 o'clock, we'll have the novena to uh, the Immaculate Conception prayed and then followed immediately by the rosary. So a great hour of power of prayer that we'll bring to you uh, at 9 a.m. from 9 to 10, beginning on Wednesday morning, September 30th through October 8th. And, you know, October 8th is also the feast day of Our Lady of Good Remedy. So that's a nice way to end that novena. But again, praying for our country, praying for uh, the election, praying for the people of God. You know, there are so many prayers being raised right now. We're so thrilled about that. We're so happy that we can play a part in that, that we can can be here for you in that way, to be a source uh, of of prayer and and truth and, and goodness and holiness. Uh, so keep praying for us because, you know, the devil hates us. He, he really he really hates us. He's thrown a few wrenches into the system over the past, <laughs> past few months, past few weeks. You know, he, he acts and he, he gets people to work for him. You wouldn't believe. But anyway, <laughs> we'll go there. Uh, all right. Oh, also, don't forget... Um, we have the uh, 54-day Rosary Miracle Novena, uh, praying to stave off violence and impending civil unrest. Uh, this was begun on uh, the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady on August 15th, uh, being spearheaded by the Fathers Blount, uh, Father Tony and Father Jim Blount, brothers from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. If you'd like to find out more about that Novena, 54-day uh, uh, rosary, Miracle Novena, and again, just because you didn't start it on the 15th of August doesn't mean you can't pray it. Just jump right on the train. Just get on it and start praying. Go to queenofpeacemedia.com. That's queenofpeacemedia.com. That's for the 54-day Rosary Miracle Novena. And then we also have the Million Rosary March, the Million Rosary March, and right now there have been 
383,300 rosaries pledged. You can put your pledge, you can pledge to pray the rosary as well on this website. Just go to millionrosarymarch.com. Millionrosarymarch.com. We want to raise, we're storming heaven. And you know, all these beautiful prayer cards that we're sending out, my friends, and thanks to all of you who are requesting them. And if you have requested them and you've given them all away and you want more, please let us know. We'll happy. We want to keep sending them out. We're doing everything we possibly can. And not just we here at, at this apostolate, but around the country. So many ministries and apostolates, EWTN, uh, we're all just storming heaven with these prayers. And I do believe, my brothers and sisters, that we will see a divine intervention like we've never seen before in our lifetime. Because I think you know and I know from all the threats that are out there, and as, as Father Tony and Father Jim Blount are praying the 54-day Rosary Miracle Novena to stave off violence and civil unrest, we're hearing threats of just that, of massive violence and civil unrest. This is America. That doesn't happen here. And we're not political, but we have the power of, of, of the weapons of prayer that we can use to stave off that violence. And I, I do believe, I mean, the next six weeks leading up to the election, we're going to see and hear stuff that we won't believe. And I, but I do believe that the hand of God will intervene in, in, a, in a way that's going to be manifested like we've never seen before in our lifetime. But it's up to us, the faithful, the people of God, to use the weapons available to us, especially the rosary, fasting, other prayer, mass, holy communion, adoration, everything at our disposal. We have an arsenal, <laughs> an arsenal more powerful than anything on earth. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to Almighty God, my brothers and sisters, that we're able to be here, a place where you can come and get reinforcements, <laughs> and get reinforced in your faith. And I think it's so important right now. And, and you know, and I know I said it, and I, I haven't made any hard pitches. We're going to have our Radiothon before the end of the year. But not having our Radiothon in the spring, as we do every year, really hurt us. We took a big hit. We're still taking a big hit because we would raise uh, that money in the Radiothon that would carry us through the summer and into the fall. We didn't have that. And our our wonderful bookkeeper tells me we're, we're falling short about $9,000 a month. That's not good. And you know the devil loves that. He loves, to see, he loves when that happens to us. So anyway, if you haven't had a chance yet to support us, Please do, in whatever way you can, whatever way you can, because we can't keep taking hits like this. We're going to have a radiothon before the end of the year, um, before the year's out, but we, we're, we're getting hit. So we want to be here for you to keep all of our family in prayer, in praying, reinforcing you, uh, fortifying you in whatever way we can in the faith. So let's just pray for each other. But, but keep that in mind, my friends. You know, we, we do. You need to pray for us, too, because we're, 
you know, these types of things are like, oh, and there's so many things that the Lord wants me to do. And I said, Lord, I, I, but uh, you got to help me here. And I said, we're always, you know, attempts to grow and, and move and, and reach more and more people with various means of, of the communications. So I told the Lord I'll do it, but, and I trust he'll help me. He, he always does. He has for 25 years. Uh, let's go to the catechism. Fourth commandment, the authority in civil society. Paragraph 2234 says, God's fourth commandment. We know to be, of course, honor thy father and mother, right? But the Catechism says the fourth commandment also enjoins us to honor all who for our good have received authority in society from God. It clarifies the duties of those who exercise authority as well as those who benefit from it. Key there is who for our good <laughs> have received authority in society from God. Now, remember when uh, a Pilate said to Jesus, don't you know I have the authority to have you crucified or, or release you? And Jesus' response was, you have, you'd have no authority if it wasn't for my father giving it to you. So there's a, an obligation under the fourth commandment to, to um, honor all who for our good, as the Catechism says, have received authority in society from God. Paragraph 2235 says, those who exercise authority should do so as a service Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Of course, we know our uh, Lord said that. The exercise of authority is measured uh, morally in terms of its divine origin, its reasonable nature, and its specific object. No one can command or establish what is contrary to the dignity of persons and the natural law. No one can command or establish what is contrary to the dignity of persons and the natural law. You see, if everybody, everybody, not just Catholics, but if everybody would just read the catechism and live by it, it would be a perfect world. The exercise of authority is meant to give out, I'm sorry, the exercise of authority is meant to give outward expression to a just hierarchy of values in order to facilitate the exercise of freedom and the responsibility by all. Those in authority should practice distributive justice wisely, taking account of the needs and contribution of each with a view to harmony and peace. They should take care that the regulations and measures they adopt are not a source of temptation by setting personal interest against that of the community. Political authorities are obliged to respect the fundamental rights of the human person. They will dispense justice humanely by respecting the rights of everyone, especially of families and the disadvantaged. You know, as I said, and as you, I'm sure, have heard, that uh, the two top contenders to be nominated for the Supreme Court justice position are Catholic women and... Um, Word is out <laughs> that a bone of contention of those who oppose the nominees will be their Catholic faith. They will be attacked because of their Catholic faith. Now, these are um, uh, Supreme Court justices, but whether it be they or anybody else in political authority, our catechism says that they are obliged to respect the fundamental rights of human of the human person 
They will dispose just, I'm sorry, dispense justice humanely by respecting the rights of everyone, especially of families and the disadvantaged. The political rights attached to citizenship can and should be granted according to the requirements of the common good. They cannot be suspended by public authorities within legitimate and proportionate reasons. Political rights are meant to be exercised for the common good of the nation and the human community. So you can see how if even the term common good is reinterpreted, that they could use that as a reason for uh, passing particular legislation or particular laws or infringing on uh, particular rights based on what they have determined to be their truth, getting back to truth, of the... Um, what the what they say the common good is. There are people who literally profess there is a common good in legalizing abortion. How they but they twist the definition of what that good might be. They take away the humanity of the unborn child and 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 reduce it to nothing but a a a, a clump of cells removing the dignity of its humanity and therefore makes it easier to um, uh, um, justify destroying that child. Common good. It's common good for the mother who has the right to do with her body what she wishes. So they take away the fact that there is another body involved in this, another human person do the same dignity And if they can eliminate that, then they can eliminate that individual from existence in their own definition of what a common good is. And then the Catechism talks about the duties of citizens. It says in paragraph 2238, those subject to authority should regard those in authority as representatives of God who has made them stewards of of his gifts. Their loyal collaboration includes the right and at times the duty to voice their criticisms of that which seems harmful to the dignity of persons and to the good of the community. So in its purest form, the Catechism says that those subject to authority should regard those in authority as representatives of God who has made them stewards of his gifts. But it also says that the duty of a citizen is that their loyal collaboration includes the right and at times the duty to voice their just criticism of that which seems harmful to the dignity of persons and to the good of the community. So we have a right It's like political fraternal correction to say, wait a minute. That's not good. That's not right. And and the catechism also says it is the duty of citizens to contribute along with the civil authorities to the good of society in a spirit of truth, justice, solidarity, and freedom. This is why there's such turmoil in our political system these days. There's so much division. You know, again, it, 
and hatred toward people of opposing views and of opposing political uh, uh, ideologies. I think more so, and I'll be honest with you, those who lean left seem to be more uh, um, angry and violent even towards those who lean to the right. I'm not saying that people on the right are completely innocent because there's there's also cases of the opposite happening. But I've seen on a, a good gauge of this is Facebook. If you're on Facebook, I'm on Facebook because I have to be because of our we have a Facebook presence. Domestic Church Media has a Facebook presence, so I'm there. But I also have seen people I know, friends, <laughs> who are on the left who are expressing themselves now in ways that, wait a minute, you know, doesn't our, isn't our government set up that if, 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 you, if the person you vote for doesn't win, you have a, a chance in four years to vote him or her out and get someone else in there? That's the way we work. So we have to work, as the Catechism says, for the good of society in a spirit of truth, justice, solidarity, and freedom. The love and service of one's country follow from the duties of gratitude and, and belong to the order of charity. Submission to legitimate authorities and, and uh, the service of the common good require citizens to fulfill their roles in the life of the political community. You know, one of the beautiful things here in our own country from its founding has been just that, that we have the opportunity to become politically involved. You know, and I'm not talking about the, you know, I have a problem with, with individuals who are, have made a career of their, of their positions in politics. Because that can, that can, that can breed temptation to misuse that power. I think, my opinion. Um, it, the Catechism says, submission to authority and co-responsibility for the common good make it morally obligatory to pay taxes, to exercise the right to vote, and to defend one's country. So this is in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This is not a, this is not a, a, a political document. This is the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which says submission to authority and co-responsibility for the common good make it morally obligatory a moral obligation we have to pay taxes, to exercise the right to vote, and to defend our country. And then there's a couple of quotes there. We have just about a minute or so left, so I won't go into that. They're, they're scriptural quotes. Pay to them their taxes, uh, dues to, to whom taxes are due, revenue uh, to whom revenue is due. And then also Christians reside in their own nations, but as uh, um, let me just go back. The apostle exhorts us. The Catechism says to uh, to offer prayers and thanksgiving for kings and all who exercise authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. We need to pray for our our leaders, <laughs> our our presidents and our congressmen and women, and our senators and our governors and our representatives. Pray for them. I can't stand him. I'm not going to pray even more. need to pray for him more then. We're obligated, morally obligated. 
The more prosperous nations are obliged to the extent they are able to welcome the foreigner in search of security and the means of livelihood, which he cannot find in his country of origin. Public authorities should see to it that the national right is respected, that place, uh, places a guest under the protection of those who receive him. Again, this country has been a country for, for since its founding of welcoming those from other countries. People, people, you know, to the tune of a million a year, I believe, uh, do everything they possibly can to legally come into this country. <laughs> That's a key. You know, my, my, my uh, ancestors came to this country from Europe, from Italy, went through Ellis Island, the whole thing, went through the whole thing. The, the law put in place and, and followed it and got in, and here we are. We have an obligation, the Catechism says, my friends, yes, to welcome all people legally. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's not a political statement. That's just, that's just a, a truth, that if there are laws, laws must be followed. That's what the Catechism teaches. Over the next, you know, five weeks or so leading up to the election, I want to do more of this. There are some uh, documents out there from the bishops on faithful citizenship uh, et cetera, that we need to share, bring to light, make us think so that when we do vote, that we will vote with a good, well-formed Catholic conscience. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for or who not to vote for. I'm not going to tell you what party to join or not join. Our responsibility is to disseminate the truth to and, and share that truth with you. And, and we'll do that to the best of our ability. That's why Domestic Church Media is here. That's why we exist, to evangelize and bring you that truth. Okay, I got to go. Uh, Cheryl and I will be here tomorrow, 4 o'clock. It's Friday again, so join us at 4. Stay tuned now for Cresta in the Afternoon, followed by two hours of Catholic Answers. Now, you know, we, we uh, took the Mass off at 7 o'clock at night because we are the public Masses are being said. People have an opportunity, so we have two hours now of Catholic Answers starting at 6 o'clock. Okay, have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Uh...